Welcome to STEM Four's podcast, Understanding Teen Minds, where we explore the world of teenage mental health, looking at everything from signs and symptoms to early intervention. STEM Four is a charity that promotes positive mental health in teenagers and those who support them. This includes their families and carers, education professionals, as well as school nurses and GPs. STEM Four's mission is to foster the development of good mental health in teenagers by enhancing early understanding and awareness, and providing mental health education and resilience strategies. Join us as we open up the conversation on young people's mental health. Hello, and welcome to STEM Four Podcasts. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Dr. Nahara Krause, and I'm the CEO and founder of STEM4, a teenage mental health charity based in London. I'm also a consultant clinical psychologist with many years of experience in a variety of mental health settings and a passion for improving the mental health of our young people. In this episode, we look at the signs and symptoms of anxiety and anxiety disorders. Now, most people experience stress and anxiety at some point in time in their lives. Generally, stress is a response that is caused by having pressure put on us, such as, for example, doing too much work that has to be done in too short a time, maybe a very tight deadline, an argument with a family member. It tends to be associated with the pressure and tends to reduce once that particular specific pressure has been reduced or resolved. Anxiety is different to stress in that it is typically described as a feeling of apprehension or dread in situations where there is a perceived threat. For example, a person may become anxious about displeasing a manager, and this might lead to a sleepless night on a Sunday, worries about going into work, maybe interpretations about the manager being displeased when they are at work, and ongoing worries about when they might be told that they will be dismissed. Now, this example indicates the fact that the fear is very real to the person, but is not adaptive, and often with time will escalate unless addressed. Children and young people go through developmental phases of anxiety. These are perfectly normal and are related to brain development and therefore cognitive development and most of the time will pass. Examples of typical developmental anxieties include separation anxiety, which starts from about eight months and can go up to three years, Specific fears of early childhood, such as, for example, ghosts or blood, um, or sometimes for some children, Santa. Um, And then in mid-childhood, there can be anxieties that develop over body-related matters. So things around their own bodies, whether they're kind of catching up with their friends, or indeed about illness, And the concept of death starts to become more of a reality and a fear in mid-childhood. In teens, there's a lot of social anxiety. And as teens get older, 
in some, you can have what are called more existential anxieties. So things around, you know, the meaning of the world, philosophical, perhaps more philosophical ideas. And all of these, once children go through a developmental stage, will settle. One of the things to think about developmental anxiety, though, is that if a child or young person experiences a real-life event at the same time as development, so for example, in middle childhood, when there's a start uh, of an anxiety about death, they experience the loss of a person in their real life, or indeed, if there's separation anxiety when they're really little, and then there is real life separation due to illness or some other reason, then that has far more of a significant impact on that child or young person, because they haven't as yet developed a cognitive capacity to be able to deal with the meaning of that particular anxiety. Now, whilst the anxieties I described are part of growing up, sometimes they can remain and intensify, and this can lead to what's called an anxiety disorder. So, for example, a separation anxiety disorder will affect a child or young person in that they will be unable to spend any time away from home or a loved one. They will get incredibly distressed about having to go on a school trip to the point that they can't go on it, or even something like a sleepover for a friend. There are also common anxieties that all of us share, such as anxiety over public speaking, being assessed in exams, anything painful, such as, for example, medical procedures, or there are natural fears such as spiders, snakes. But again, these can become intensified and turn into phobias in some people. Now, a phobia is an extreme fear or anxiety that causes a person so much worry that the only way they know how to deal with it is to avoid it. So a phobia is also called an anxiety disorder. Both anxiety and anxiety disorders have a characteristic physiological response, such as butterflies in the stomach, shortness of breathing, tight chest, hot or cold flushes, increased heartbeat or palpitations, feeling sick or dizzy, and increased need for the toilet. And some of those physiological symptoms, if you're a child and you're experiencing it, can feel really scary because a child might not understand the difference between the feeling of butterflies in their stomach and what that might mean. And so they might present, therefore, with stomach pain as a description. Um, or if they uh, experience, if a teenager experiences an increased need for the toilet, they may then become acutely anxious or worried about asking to be excused uh, from a classroom. Psychological symptoms uh, that people have, in addition to physiological symptoms relating to anxiety, include feeling very fearful, thinking that you might lose control, that you might have a heart attack, pass out, even die, uh, constant worry. Um, and children and young people might kind of almost call this overthinking, but this sort of constant um, anxiety that represents sort of uh, a worry, ongoing worry. Sometimes feeling detached, on edge, vigilant, 
and difficulties in concentrating. There are also many characteristic anxious behaviours, and these include avoiding the fearful situation, checking many things to make sure that perhaps whatever they're worried about is safe, carrying out rituals, uh, and often difficulty in eating or sleeping. So these sorts of symptoms may also lead to pattern of other forms of anxiety disorder, such as, for example, obsessive compulsive disorder, where there may be a number of very upsetting thoughts and repeated and recurring thoughts that a child or young person experiences that will then be translated into somehow behaviors to keep themselves feel safe. So For example, if there is a real anxiety about something being contaminated and causing harm or illness, then that might lead to over hand washing or over showering behavior. There can also be an extreme form of an anxiety disorder in terms of fear, and that's called a panic disorder, where um, people will experience very significant physiological symptoms around panic, where there is acute breathlessness, very tight chest, and a feeling of being completely, their body being completely out of control. So anxiety disorders are extremely common in both children, young people, as well as in adults. Um, Around one in eight children and young people will experience an anxiety disorder. And this can start as young as five years old. Anxiety disorders increased considerably over the pandemic because people felt unsafe. And children and young people post the pandemic have found it hard to go back to school to catch up with lost learning, especially those who found online learning difficult or might have had learning disabilities or difficulties to start with. Children and young people who might have experienced scary uh, experiences over this time, such as being in hospital or a family member being in hospital or losing a loved one, leading to another type of anxiety disorder called post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD. And in today's current climate, with regards to the increased cost of living and so much socio-political change, children and young people have further anxieties around war, around natural disasters, and about the impact of family cohesion. Now, some of these, of course, may well have a realistic base, uh, but if a child or young person has become extremely and acutely aware of them, are very distressed and cannot somehow face the challenges of daily life as a result of these, then they will be tipping into something that is more than an anxiety over a real life effect. It will be tipping into an anxiety disorder. So I've been sent a question which says, both my children, one aged 14 and the other aged 7, seem very anxious. How do I know if these are a family trait that they might grow out of or something more serious I should address? So as mentioned just a few minutes ago, if Uh, someone is experiencing an anxiety, but it has persistent and negative impact on themselves. If it seems like an extreme reaction to the size of the threat, 
if there is a misinterpretation of the threat. So, for example, if they're going for an interview, but there is a misinterpretation of the um, consequences of failing that interview, for example, or indeed if it creates a, a chain reaction where the anxiety about one thing is leading to another. So, if they're ang- anxious about um, not being on top of their schoolwork, that then might be leading to school. Um, refusal or school avoidance, then that is something that would be seen as the beginnings of an anxiety condition. So you mentioned uh, that your children, one was age seven and one was aged 14. Um, Children and young people express their anxiety differently. And younger children, for example, may show their anxieties by reverting back to an even younger age. So they might become more clingy, for example. They might develop fears that they had when they were very young. Uh, They might start waking up in the night. They might revert to behaviors such as wetting the bed or having very, very bad dreams. And these would be indicative that something was troubling them. As they get older, uh, children and young people will show their anxieties through uh, suddenly appearing to lack confidence in things that they weren't lacking in confidence before. Uh, They may want to stay at home rather than go out when they used to enjoy that. They may find everyday tasks a challenge Uh, What is very common in young people in particular is to show their anxiety through irritability and anger. So there's a sort of masking of an anxiety because it appears that actually they're kind of just being difficult uh, and that then can make it very confusing for parents and carers. Sleep disturbance, again, is very common in this group. Again, difficult to separate because part of growing up and becoming a teenager also kind of creates its own developmental sleep disturbance. Um, Teenagers tend to have worrying thoughts that are very persistent and are very, very confusing and worrying for them. Uh, They might uh, present with a range of physical complaints. Appetite may be variable. And in both groups, so the younger and older group, uh, with time, uh, they will present with being absolutely exhausted. They will start to withdraw. They will be a lot less confident about approaching things. They may present with low mood and in young people also possible self-harm. Your question also mentioned family traits and it might be that there are some ways of expressing anxiety or coping with anxiety that are learned. So as parents, if you tend to be anxious, then it might be worth starting to sort of reflect a little on how you as parents may communicate some of those anxieties. For example, um, are you excessively protective or do you check things too much? And might there be a message that either non-verbally or verbally children and young people might be picking up? So I think the first thing as a parent, if you're concerned, is to notice whether some of the uh, behaviors or thoughts or physical responses that you've noticed tie into some of the symptoms that I described. And if so, to start to gently uh, have some conversations around 
what might be happening in their lives, are there any things that they might be worried about, um, how they might be dealing with it, uh, and then you can start to unravel and see whether there might be some form of anxiety issue or anxiety disorder that might be starting. I've also been sent a second question, and that says, what can cause an anxiety disorder? Now, this is a really good question because anxiety disorders are actually really complex. Um, And so there are many different causes of why people develop anxiety conditions. The first thing to keep in mind is that there is a strong biological component to the development of an anxiety disorder and that that biological component in children and young people can often be related to brain development. So depending on a sort of sudden growth spurt in the brain, we now know that the brain is developing until the age of around 24, uh, that you may well have a change in the biochemistry of the brain that makes children and young people more anxious. It's also recognizing that uh, children and young people don't always have a past experience that enables them to negotiate the anxious, so they can't reassure themselves in the way that an adult might do, and that their ability to think in a more abstract or complex way is also not yet developed. As a result, there is a genetic component of anxiety disorders, and within those, certain anxiety disorders tend to run within families. So obsessive-compulsive disorder, for example, can have quite a strong genetic component and a strong learning component to it too. Another reason for why anxiety disorders uh, develop particularly in in childhood and adolescence, is to do with hormones. So hormones can increase anxiety or bring about intense feelings that can make a person feel out of control. Experiences that have been scary or out of control or upsetting that leave their mark can lead to the development of um, a phobia, for example. So if um, a person has experienced something very scary relating to, let's say, if they've sort of nearly choked on food, then they might develop an anxiety or an anxiety condition around choking. More recent uh, research also shows that children and young people with neurodevelopmental conditions such as ADHD or if they are on have autism spectrum disorder that that might make them more sensitive to external stimuli and therefore more prone to anxiety. The way in which a person thinks, especially if they're perfectionistic, for example, or if they have an inflexible way of looking at things, can lead to anxiety or anxiety conditions. And then day-to-day things such as a lack of sleep or extreme tiredness or the opposite agitation due to excess stimulation can generate anxiety. And in some instances, if it goes on for a very long time, then it might also lead to an anxiety disorder. And finally, substance use. So um, withdrawal from alcohol or excessive alcohol, uh, taking certain um, drugs, for example, and even excess caffeine um, in childhood and young people can create an anxiety condition. And the problem with substance use is that um, particularly people who might use it fall into a bit of a negative cycle where 
taking it makes them feel anxious. And then in order to reduce their anxiety, they have to take more of it. Um, and so they fall into a circle of needing something that is actually causing the problem in the first place. In our next episode, we will explore the management of anxiety and look at practical ways in which you can manage your child or young person's stress and anxiety. Hope you found today's episode helpful. If you did, then please do leave us a great review wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like more information, you can find a wealth of resources on our website at stem4.org.uk. And you can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn at stem4.org. Links to our website and our five free apps designed specifically for young people can be found in podcast description. I hope you'll join us for our next episode. Until then, keep well. Goodbye.